Welcome to the Axial Spondylarthritis Podcast, hosted by me, Jason Sacco. I'm a longtime spondy looking to bring the community closer to give the community a voice. I'll be reaching out to organizations, doctors, nutritionists, and anyone that I think can help increase our spondy quality of life. Enjoy and learn what is available to make your life better. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Axial Spondyarthritis Podcast. Hope everyone has had a wonderful week, had some really good feedback on Dr. Napier's episode in relation to some research studies that she was conducting related to AS and some of the genes that were behind the scenes that we uh, obviously don't see. So if you'd like to hear more of those, please let me know and I can see if we can get her on for some further in-depth discussions. I always wonder if people want to hear something that's real deep in the science. Again, I'm not an expert by any means on this, so I try to carry it back from more of my thought process of layman's terms. But if you liked that, let me know and I'll see if Dr. Napier or others may be interested in coming on to talk. Also, if you have not gone out to the website, The Faces of Ankylosing Spondylitis, I'm going to have a link down in the show notes. Go out there, send Cookie your profile, get yourself in there. It's a great group of people as far as to see everybody else that's affected by it. Feel that you're not alone, that there's others out there that you're dealing with. It's not just some faceless, nameless issue that you're working against. And that leads me into today's article. I came across this on axialspondyloarthritis.net. There'll be a link to it in the show notes. If you have not joined this website, you really need to. Fantastic articles written by both people with AS as well as uh, doctors that will post different things. So again, a fantastic website. I encourage you to jump out and join it. This particular article was written by a young lady named Sarah Lee. And I can't disagree with anything she wrote. I really like everything she wrote. I'm going to read it. Much of it is written from a woman's perspective, so there'll be some things you hear me talk about that don't affect me, but I will go in and talk about from a man's perspective what could affect you know the flip side of what she's going through. And so I've kind of coming at this a little bit different. I was diagnosed at 14 years old in 1984, had been having issues for a few years before that. There wasn't an internet like we know it today. There wasn't even really a thought process. It was just, you're going to deal with this pain, deal with it. Here's some ibuprofen, basically. And that was it. That was all I had for decades. And so the amount of information, the amount of things that you have access to now with a fresh new diagnosis are really game-changing as far as I'm concerned and should allow you, if you work with the treatments, to continue a much more fulfilling, better quality of life than many who were diagnosed you know, decades ago. So Sarah's article starts off by being titled, Things I Wish I Was Told When Getting Diagnosed With AS. She goes off to say, getting diagnosed with AS really young left me growing up not being fully aware of what it meant to live a life of autoimmunity. I I can agree with that. I don't know. I had never even heard the term autoimmunity applied to it until probably a decade ago. At that age, most of what I had heard medically went in one ear and out the other. My mother dealt with all the medical knowledge, and well, as I got older, I never really asked much about my illness. All I knew was that it caused me pain, and I was medicated for it. Nobody ever warned me that there would be more to my diagnosis than just arthritis. And I can certainly agree with that. My diagnosis and doesn't make hers wrong because each of us have our own journey. Mine's just different. Mine was just, as I mentioned earlier, here's some ibuprofen. Good luck. We'll see you in a, a year. 
that was really it. You just dealt with the pain. There was no name for it. And as I've described in other episodes, I would have 35, 45 minutes to get out of bed because of just the absolute chronic pain and the tears when I was 15, 16, 17 years old. Nobody wants to go through that. I'm almost sometimes though glad that I went through it at that age when I had the extra strength before this fatigue at at my age of 53 now was set in. I'm not sure I could deal with it the way I did when I was a teenager. Much, much different if I was diagnosed now. So Sarah goes on to mention, I wish someone told me how fragile my body would be. She says, I knew that living with this would mean an immune system wouldn't be as good as the average person, but nobody told me just how fragile my health could actually be. I knew I could expect to pick up colds more easily, but not that I could be more prone to infections or more serious health concerns. I only learned over the last two years just how important it is to take care of my body as a whole and not just keep my AS in check. Well, I can agree, and I don't know that, at least I guess speaking from my perspective, that I'm any more prone to anything more so than the average person. Yes, my immune system can be active and a little bit higher, but as long as I've been a a biologic, I just don't really get sick. I mean, I did get COVID, but then my son got COVID. We were in the same house together, never affected me. So when you look at these things, I don't know if it's necessary that the AS is going to make all of us be more susceptible to anything overall, but you certainly want to always be aware of your location and you know your surroundings and if it's a lot of people that are around you sick, that can lead to issues. I guess mine really, mostly where I got my issues, if I was going to get sick, was when I was working in the office and I would get bouts of conjunctivitis. That was really what seemed to be my weak spot, touching some surface in the office and then touching my eyes and I boom, I'd get conjunctivitis. That was probably, again, my weak spot. But I found I don't get colds. I don't get sick. Um, I get a flu shot every year. This last October when I got sick was the first time I'd been sick in years. So it's not something I guess all of us remember. You've got to learn to gauge your body. Yes, you want to exercise. Yes, you want to do some type of movement, whether it be Tai Chi, yoga, stretching, or all of the above. All of those will come into play to help keep your body stronger, which helps your immune system work better, which helps you fight off colds, flus, whatever. Make sure that you're doing all of it to help keep you as a much stronger individual, because obviously we want you around a lot longer. Sarah goes on to write also that I wish someone had told me how it would impact my mental health. And I can agree with that. She says, after experiencing many setbacks and additional health issues, which can come with living with an autoimmune condition, my mental health has most definitely taken a hit. She says she personally feels that when someone is diagnosed with a chronic condition, not only should they go to see a specialist, but maybe a mental health person as well. I can agree with that. I think there's several ways that health insurance as a whole, now I'm talking about the United States, but outside it could be really seen as well. I think if you're giving a condition like an AS, rheumatoid arthritis, any of them, I think on top of seeing a rheumatologist, your health insurance should highly encourage and provide a membership to a gym. Go in and if you feel that the high impact exercise is not appropriate, look and see if there's some of the senior classes. I've done the senior stretching classes before. I'm 20, 30 years younger than a lot of the folks in there, but they don't care and neither do I. You know, we have fun and it's it's a good way to socialize and get a level of exercise that is good for me. But back to the mental health, she goes on to say, it can be so traumatic and lonely. I agree with that. Most people struggle with depression and anxiety. We shouldn't have to be left out on our own to cope. We should have resources given to us to help us through, especially after diagnosis. And I agree with that. And I think the other thing on top of this is 
when it's a child that's diagnosed, you have to be very careful about how you talk to them. I was told as a kid that I was lazy and that I wasn't, you know, if I didn't want to mow the grass because it hurt, every time I'd say it hurt, I would just be told you're lazy because you just don't want to do it. You can't tell a kid that. Not a kid with any type of autoimmunity. That is a terrible thing that they carry on and I still carry on. It still bothers me. So make sure that when you're dealing with a child with AS, if they say it hurts, back off a little bit. Don't give them a pass on everything. They still need to get up, stretch, move, interact, participate. But there's going to be times when they hurt more than others. And that's the times to watch to make sure they're taking the proper medications and that they're progressing along and keeping as best a quality of life as you can give them at that point. So, but take it easy on the, especially the younger, the kids, make sure that if you are a caregiver listening to this, or you're a parent with a child with AS, or, you know, you know, somebody with a parent with a child with AS, give them this episode to listen to. They need to take it a little bit easy on the kids. Adults too, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of both men and women that get from partners and spouses just completely wrong treatment. But, you know, I have a soft spot for the kids having gone through that and know what it's like. Then she goes on to talk about some issues that this is one I can't relate with, but I want to I want to cover it. She says, I wish someone told me what it meant to live with one as a woman. She says, nobody tells you how living with an autoimmune disease can affect your body as a woman. She says, many women feel too embarrassed to speak openly about any type of vaginal health. She said, when first prescribed Humira, she was getting infections, uh, yeast infections left and right. She goes, I felt so ashamed and embarrassed. It also made me feel gross and insecure. She goes on to say, it wasn't until I made an, my Instagram account last year and found a community of incredible women who are openly discussing how they too have gotten chronic yeast infections. She said, it made me feel so much better knowing in the world of autoimmunity that this wasn't a topic people felt too embarrassed to speak about. So that's true. Now, the infections, I can't speak to those. Men's issues on the flip side can also cause things. ED, and there's a number of items that can be resulting from AS. So make sure what this really, I think, points out that's important. If you're getting types of infections, if you're having ED, talk to your doctor. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's your body. It's your function. It's your need to, again, control your quality of life. So don't ever feel too embarrassed to talk to your doctor about any of this stuff. But make sure you're talking to your doctor. They've heard it all. You're not going to present anything to your doctor that they haven't heard or dealt with. So make sure you're keeping them in the loop about what's going on with medications that you're taking. Then she goes, this leads me to my final point. Nobody told me that I would connect with so many others who feel the same. She said, through all of these hardships, I found not only friendship through the community, but also so many others who have gone through similar situations. I'll say amen to that. This community through the Facebook posts, through websites like Axial Spondyloarthritis and ankylosingspondylitis.net. All of these fantastic places provide just a wealth of information and the ability to reach out and connect. If you're not on those through Instagram, Facebook, you know, all these, please join, interact, ask questions, review the past questions. You'll find so much good information just by doing a search on whatever the topic is. There's thousands and thousands of posts that are containing fantastic information to help you by just using the search function. With that, I really appreciate the time that you've all given. It's been just a fantastic ride. We're approaching 200 episodes. I cannot believe it. So it won't be all that long till we roll into 2024 and we'll see 200th episode out there. So with that, I hope you all have a wonderful day and we'll talk soon. Thank you.